Good morning. Happy New Year. 2020. We're in the roaring 20s. Ooh, it is funny. Like you think 100 years from now, people will be like, remember the 20s? Okay. Maybe not. Uh, <laughs> okay. We're starting a brand new series today uh, called Begin Again. Um, and there's, you know, always as we leave one year and enter a new year, there's always a pinch of hope into the new year. Uh, there's a chance that this will be the year, whatever that means for you, fill in the blank for what that means. But the truth is, without a little bit, and really in quotations, a lot of help, we won't get there. So here's the good news. We have access through Jesus to the greatest help we could ever get. But the question is, is will we lean in and allow Jesus to help us, you, me, begin again? Because the truth is, we aren't good enough to make those changes ourselves. Hopefully we figure that out at this point, that we, uh, we by our own effort and energy, um, kind of bang our head against the same wall over and over again. Uh, and if you've not been, if this is your first January with us, we every January do 21 days of prayer and fasting. Uh, and it's intentional uh, because we know that at the beginning of that year, this is the time that we more than ever want to make some changes. Um, I'm not into New, York, New Year's resolutions. Um, I think most of those end about three days in. So what we're trying to do and what we're going to encourage everyone to do during this whole series and specifically today is to make some intentional changes in your life that are going to make you a better you in 2020. Because we know that it's real easy to roll back over. It's real easy not to get back up. It's real easy not to begin again. It's real easy to stick our head in the sand and stay there. Uh, a little confession this morning, I set my alarm for 4.55, which is not unusual for Sunday mornings. Uh, I get here at 6.30 to get be a part of the best team of volunteers that we have, the set-up team. Okay, no set-up <laughs> team members here. Thank you. Uh, but, the you know, the reality is at 4.55 when my alarm went off, I was like, nah. I'm not interested in this, and I went, and I put it in the bathroom. Like, I have to get up, because I've learned that if it's near my bed, you know, it's way too easy to hit snooze. So I went into the bedroom, and I was like, it won't hurt to get an extra 30 minutes. So then I set my alarm. I, I delayed it for another 30 minutes, so 5.30. Um, and then when it went off to 5.30, I was like, I'm going to go downstairs. Because by this point, the dog is like, I'm ready to go outside. And I get downstairs and let the dog um, out, and let him back in. And then I was like, man, that couch looks really nice. So I set my alarm for, I think, 5.50 uh, and slept a few minutes longer. And the reality is, is that's a lot of our life. We do the same thing over and over again, and we, we have this expectation or things that we want to get done, but it's real easy to hit snooze in life. It's real easy to roll back over. It's real easy to not begin again. And what we want to do, what I want to do this morning is to encourage us to be intentional for starting our year off correctly. And I have some ideas of ways that we can do that. Here's a quote from Walt Disney. It said, everyone falls down. Getting back up is how we learn to walk. It's going to happen. 
Like you will fall on your face, hopefully not literally, but we will make mistakes. We will do things that uh, we shouldn't do. We will fall in. And the what's going to make us different is choosing to get back up, choosing to begin again. Um, I've got two verses from Proverbs, and we're going to talk about vomit in one of those. So you, you can either, here's your choice for 2020, you can either begin again, you can get back up, or you can eat vomit. That's your option. It's just what the word says, so I'm going to tell you. So uh, Proverbs 24, 16, which is one of the verses that we're using as our kind of main verse for this series, is, For the righteous falls seven times and rises again. But the wicked stumble in times of calamity. The reality is, is the righteous will fall. And the only thing that separates us from failure and success is choosing to get back up, choosing to not let that failure, that fall, keep you from moving forward. Proverbs 26, 11. It's like a dog that returns to his vomit is a fool that repeats his folly. Man, I'm. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like that fool a lot sometimes. That, that one thing that you, you know, you're not going to do, like uh, when my kids were younger, Legos were like on the floor always. And I don't know if any of you adults have stepped on Legos, but like they designed them to cause the most amount of pain that they could. And it doesn't matter how small they are. It could be a big block or a little block. They will still dig into your foot with great pain. So that, that becomes our choice. We can either rise again or we can hit our head against the same wall over and over again. We can return to that same thing that's causing us heartache and pain. Thomas Edison said this, I have not failed. I have just found 10,000 ways that don't work. That's what life is, is figuring out like this isn't working. And this is what we want to do in 2020. Is there some things that you already know that aren't working? We need to decide to stop doing those things. And there's some things that we need to and have learned like this works. And like most things that work, most things that are beneficial, most diets, most exercise routines, most hard things. Take some effort and energy. There's not much that you do that has any value in your life that doesn't take some effort and energy on your part. It's going to take you choosing to do a hard thing, choosing to do the thing that you know is more beneficial. Choosing to walk a little bit more, choosing to eat a little bit less. And let me just from the beginning, we are going to talk about fasting and praying in just a little bit at the end of their message. I'm going to give you some encouragement on things to potentially do. Uh, This is not a diet regimen. Uh, I, I encourage, and this is one thing that I typically do when we do 21 days of prayer and fasting, I hide my scale. And you might be like, why? Well, I don't want to be motivated to, to prayer and fast because of the scale. And I like looking at the scale, especially when that number gets smaller. So maybe hide the scale. So what do we do between beginning again? How do, how do we start that process? First uh, John 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess, our sin. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. One of the ways that we begin again, one of the ways that we start afresh is choosing to allow God access, which he already has, but we consciously give him access to our faults and failures. I mean, some of us honestly need to start off this year with going, God, I and repent 
Like, this isn't working. This is where I'm at, trusting that he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is the beauty of the gospel. This is what God does for us. What we're unable to do, he does for us. So how, how do we get into that habit? So if we're going to not eat vomit, if we're going to get back up, if we're going to lean in to God, what does that look like? Proverbs 3, 5 through 8. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Let me read this one part again. Verse 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. A lot of our heartache and a lot of our pain in 2019 was we trusted our own understanding a little more than we should have. Like how many times are we like, yes, I know this didn't work last time, but this time it's going to work. We, we trust like I, I know that this is going to be this is going to work. And we lean into our own understanding, choosing to trust ourselves more than we trust what God is capable to do in and through us. I think one of the major things that we do that keeps us from getting back up, that keeps us from moving forward, is choosing to focus more on what has been than what God is doing. Philippians 3, verse 13 through 16. It says, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. This is Paul talking. Like, I am not perfect. This is what he's saying. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have obtained. Pressing forward, I, I think some of our some of what's keeping us from what God wants is we cannot stop looking at what we were. I mean, in this Paul, if you think about it, if you know his story, Paul was a persecutor of the church. He was there as this, um, uh, you know, Stephen was getting stoned. He was holding the coats. He was approving of this. He was zealous. He went out of his way to persecute the church. He went to the leadership of the synagogue and said, give me permission to go into areas that we are not, that I am not in, and, and, and shut this down. And for all of you that think that, you know, you want to do what you want to do and God can stay out of it, Paul's a bad person to read on because, you know, that was what Paul was doing. Paul was, well, believing that he was being obedient to God, zealous to God. God chose to knock him off his horse in the middle of this journey to go persecute the church. God told him, you will be my messenger to the Gentiles. You will be my voice. This is Paul that had his own agenda and he thought that he was being zealous for the Lord and, and God said, no, 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 no. And so this is a guy looking back at his past. I mean, he was even some of the early church leaders didn't want to have anything to do with him. They weren't even sure if he was legit. Like, was he going to turn them in? And here he is. He could easily spend all this time worrying and fretting on what was. 
And so what he's telling to the church in Philippians, and this is a man who is also now at this point writing this letter in prison to his people, telling them, forgetting what lies behind and straining on what lies ahead. Press forward to the goal. There's an animated movie called the Meet the Robinsons. Anybody seen it? I love that movie. There's one line in the movie that I just... It's my mantra. Anytime I'm meeting with anybody or discipling anybody, it's, it's, it's my mantra. Keep moving forward. That's the thing. And it's, it's this fail, this kid who's a failed inventor. Every invention he kind of makes, he, it, it, it kind of blows up and literally blew up in one guy's face and he had allergies of peanut butter and all that stuff. Do you remember that? And he, he meets his future. No, I'm sorry. I mean, if you've not seen it at this point, spoiler alert. He meets his future self, and that that and he's become successful. He has a family, which check it out, beautiful movie. But he has this the saying that he says, "Keep moving forward." The only thing that's going to move us from failure to success is choosing to get up and move forward. And the only way that we can successfully move forward is forgetting what lies ahead. And this does not mean like, oh, I'm just going to ignore because we just talked about confessing and repenting. So we confess and repent and we move forward. We let our focus be on where God is taking us. Anybody heard of famous Amos cookies? Okay, for those that are giving up sugar during the 21 days of prayer and fasting, I apologize for quoting this. But Wally Amos said this, You may not be responsible for getting knocked down, but you're certainly responsible for getting back up. I would love to say we have the ability to control your falling and stop it and that for the next 21 days you won't fall on your face you know nothing disastrous is going to happen but the reality is is that we cannot control that we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow we don't know what is going to come our way but we do know and what we can control is choosing to get back up choosing to get off of our butts from when we fall on them and move forward I've been reading this book called Bringing the Best Out in People, and um, the first chapter was talking about the power of others' influence on you. The power that someone that gives you an encouraging word or, or, or says something to you, the power of what that does in us. And in the book, it talked about Winston Churchill, which sadly, I mean, I know a little bit about history and all this stuff, but um, didn't know as much, and uh, I got, I rented uh, The Darkest Hour. Anybody seen that? Or the movie? Um, about this. But if you don't know much about Winston Churchill, he, he became the prime minister <laughs> at a very bad time. Literally, Hitler is knocking on the door and country after country are, are falling to his advance. And England is kind of the last holdout. They're literally, in, in a couple of days after he takes over, their entire army is going to be um, landlocked at Dunkirk. 300,000 men. Their whole army. And it looks like their whole army is going to get decimated or captured, destroyed, gone. And here's this guy who becomes challenger to what could be 
And I mean, I, I don't know if you've listened to any of, I mean, there's lots of his recordings and stuff like that. And the movie was great because in spite of all these things, he chose to believe their ability to continue pressing forward. I mean, and changes. But there's, the, the movie ends with this quote by Winston Churchill. Success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. Some of our issue for having the best 2020 that we can have is that 2019 might have been pretty good. 2019 might have been like some big successes and we could be sitting in our success as that it was final, that we arrived and the truth is that if you're still alive and breathing that you're not done. God's not done with you. Your your journey uh, is not finished. There's still things for you to do. And what's crazy is this one man, his ability to rise in people a belief that they were not going to allow this tyrant to take over them changed the whole climate. And they, they hold, I mean, it was not an easy thing that he did. And he stood there and, and trusted and believed what would happen if the country stayed together. And um, what's crazy, and I'm going to quote uh, or talk about Deuteronomy here in just a second, what's crazy is I believe that um, part of our issue is we don't understand how um, precarious our position is right now. Like England, I think, was pretty aware of where, what was coming to them. I, I don't know that we, especially here in the United States, understand the war that is going on, and I don't mean the one that is potentially going to go on um, overseas. I mean the war that's going on right now. The, the, the kingdom is clearly here, meaning God is working and doing and trying to move into territory that isn't his, and we have a, a world... Um, that is trying to do the exact opposite. We don't understand, and because we don't understand this, we can take a back seat, that we can sit down a little bit longer, we can hit snooze a little bit longer instead of choosing that our world is at risk, our families, our children. We have to be encouraged. We have to keep moving. Deuteronomy 31, um, the verse that I'm going to read is verse 6, which is going to be on the screen behind us. Um, Moses, who, if you know the story, was a reluctant hero. He was saved by his parents because they saw something in him. He was raised by Pharaoh's daughter. Had everything that you could imagine, all the luxury and all the power, and uh, not the slavery that his family came, but he, he let all that go. And God called him to come and rescue his people. And so he, he does this impossible task. He comes back and he gets a people that don't really like him because of things that happen. Uh, and millions of people follow him out into the desert to go to this promised land that God has called them. Well, long story short, uh, because of unbelief, they get stuck in the desert for 40 years. An even longer story, shorter, uh, Moses misses his opportunity to enter into the one thing that God created him to do, which was to go 
take his people and enter into promised land. He got to go onto the mountain and look across the river and see what he would never enter in. And so chapter 31, we find him encouraging his successor, encouraging Joshua, who is uh, at this point, I think Moses is around 120 years old and Joshua, I think, is in his 80s. This is not like a young man's game. Here's an 80, he might have been 85 years old, Joshua, who was one of two that when they went to spy out the land, believed that God was greater than anything that they would challenge, anything that they would come against. And he had stayed faithful to that belief the entire time, even while he's having to make the same time in the desert that those that didn't believe. And so when he was ready to turn it over, this is what Moses tells Joshua, because he's getting ready to face a task that even though what they've done seemed impossible, they're facing an even higher challenge than that. In verse 6, it says, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them. This is Joshua. This is the guy who, for the last 40 years, has held firm to this belief that God is going to and can do anything he wants, anything he declares, period. It says, Do not be do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you if he will not leave you nor forsake you. See, the reality is, is for us, if we want to successfully see ourselves surrendered to this living, loving God, it's going to take courage on our part because choosing to stand with God means choosing to not stand with other things. It means choosing to trust him completely, allowing him to move and motivate us and what he's saying to him just like Churchill said it is the courage that count that it is the courage to continue that counts and this is what i believe god wants to do in this season so what i want to talk about is is not necessarily declare this is what i want you to do uh, honestly i think what you need to do is what you need um, to decide to do on your own, not what I tell you. But I, I'm going to tell you some things that I think would be beneficial. I'm just going to give you some ideas, and what will you do with those ideas are on you. Because I think the best thing that you can do over the next 21 days is, is, is be quiet and still today and ask God what He wants you to do so that you can draw near to Him, so that you could hear His voice, so that you could be motivated to move into what he's called you to. And so 21 days of prayer and fasting. Why 21 days? 21 days, most people say that anything that we do in a continuous thing for 21 days can become a new habit, a new behavior, something that is a part of us. And so the reason why we're doing 21 days is because we believe that in the next 21 days there could be some things that radically change in you that can change the rest of your year, that can change What's going on in you, your trust, your, your reliance, your ability to believe and see what God is doing when you do that. And so um, two things need to happen during 21 days of prayer and fasting. Our encouragement is that you need to turn some things off and you need to start doing some things. Some of the things that you can do during the 21 days in prayer, prayer and fasting is you can turn off some of the social media. Some people um, decide that they're going to take a break from social media, and I use that in general because there's social media platforms that I don't even know what they're called. So you may go, well, I'm going to give up Facebook. And you don't use Facebook, you use something else. Like you could give up Snapchat and lose all of your um, 
whatever that's called. Streaks. That's the word. I hate Snapchat. And you could lose all those streaks and you, you could you could let go because it, it's amazing. A- Apple has done this brilliant thing. So if you feel like, man, I, I don't I don't really have time. Like, look at your history. It keeps track of like how much time you spend on. It'll give you a report. Hey, you're using this less or you're using this more. And if you look at the reality is there's probably a ton of time because most people that I talk to, when you talk to them about, oh, you know, how your how's your devotional life? How's your time with the Lord? How's your prayer tour? Most people will use the excuse. I don't have enough time. But the reality is it is not time. It's what we're doing with the time that we have. Because you could decide to give up social media. You could lay down and you could eat like it's even beneficial. Here's something I would recommend. This is crazy. Delete the apps from your phone. Because I'm telling you, like when you give up something and it's there, it's like, oh, it's right. And I'm a I'm a I'm the like, I hate the red dot thing. Like it's it's like one of my little things. I can't like to see people that have like 3000 unread emails. It makes me lose sleep. I just like I want. I did that with my mom's phone one day. I picked it up and I just. She's like, "Why well, don't look at them? Because they're junk mail." I'm like, "Then delete them." You, if you do it every day, you don't build that thing. But those red dots bother you, and if those red dots bother you, you may be, you know, tempted to go back into those things. So during the next 21 days, you could make some time for yourself by eliminating social media. You could also turn off Netflix. Some people decide they're not going to, you know, go into this. And, and I, I know there's lots of platforms, too, because you could say, well, yeah, I'll give up Netflix. But in your brain, you're going, I still got Disney Plus and Hulu and Amazon Prime Video. And my queues are really full with those. So I'll give up Netflix. So one of the things that you could do, and I think you'll be shocked of how much time you actually have when you Say, I'm not going to spend time watching Netflix or some of these other shows. You'll be shocked how much time at night that you'll have time to either spend time reading a book, reading your Bible, doing your devotion, praying, and spending time with other people. It's shocking, and I'm the worst. And my wife was in here, she would point fingers at me. But it's shocking sometimes when we get together. I have a 17-year-old, a 16-year-old, and a 10-year-old, which does not have a phone, because... I'm not going to get into that. Um, you know, there's a certain time when they should get a phone and it's not at 10 years old. Um, sorry. <clears throat> and, you know, it's funny how we'll get around and we'll be sitting in the living room all together, but everybody's doing their own thing on their own device, watching their own thing. And it's like we're here together, but we're not together. But it's amazing how many more games you'll play and how much more time you'll spend with people literally one-on-one when you decide I'm not going to. So... Those are some things that you could give up doing. One, there's lots of um, different type of fasts that you can do. There's actually a, a page out on the um, in the foyer that ha- talks about a prayer and fasting fact sheet that talks about different types of fasting that you can do. You know, some people may decide that I, I want to do a Daniel fast. Some people may want to, you know, do they want to give up sugar or they want to do whatever. The, the point isn't necessarily what you do, but it's deciding to do something that's going to remind you of why you're doing it for the next 21 days. Deciding what I would recommend if you've never fasted before a 21 day. All water or just water fast is probably not a good idea. I mean, now, if the Lord calls you to that, go for it. It's been amazing. I've had some 
pretty um, awesome, amazing um, fast where God has just like, I think it was like an appointed time for me to fast, and it was amazing. I've had other times where I feel like I just need to fast, and it's been an angry time for me. Not a good time for my children. Um, Dad needs to eat sometimes to be nice. But there could be other things. One of the one one what I'm doing this season, and I don't say this to tell you you need to do this, but what I'm doing, I typically do something different every year. What I'm going to do this cycle for the next 21 days is I'm going to do, and I said I say it wrong every time, so forgive me. Intermittent fasting. I got it right. First service totally failed. I called it intermediate fasting or something. Um, but I, I'm going to choose for six to eight hours a day is the only time I'm going to consume anything. So what that means for me is. Uh, most likely breakfast is going to be out, and I'm going to have a time that I'm going to choose, and I'm going to you know, also cut sugar out of uh, my diet, which who doesn't like sugar? Did, who got some of that chocolate chip cookie that was out there? Happy birthday, Amber. Um, and Brent, who's not here. Uh, but you may decide like to have something, but the point is deciding to do something that's going to make you remember every day why you're doing what you're doing. And so some part of this, you're going to say no to things. So you may say no to certain types of food. You may say no to social media or um, Netflix and all those other things that keep us distracted. But if, the, if you only do that part, you're going to miss out on the whole reason why we're here. The whole reason why we're encouraging 21 days in prayer and fasting. And what you have to do is then you have to add things. Uh, if you're not already having a reading plan um, I encourage you to decide on one today. There is all kinds. We have a um, we added a new page for our 21 days in prayer and fasting. So if you go to our website, um, reachcommunitychurch.com, on the front page under our service times, there's a button. It says 21 days of prayer and fasting. There's also under events, 21 days of prayer and fasting. But on there is literally going to have 21 themes. Every day has a different prayer focus that you can go on and get there. But at the bottom of that page, there's reading plans that you can Go to um, the Bible app that you can download on your phone. There is tons of different reading plans. Uh, one of the ones that we've done, I think, for the last four years, and I put a link to it, is the One Year Bible, where you read a little bit of the Old Testament, a little bit of the New Testament, Psalm, Perver every day, and it, within the year you would read the entire Bible. Um, <clears throat> I've done that for the last three years, and so this year I'm going to do one, which is also on there. Uh, it's the the New Testament in a year, and so. Uh, within 365 days, you'll read the entire New Testament, and sections of it you'll read multiple times. Uh, and then I'm also doing Psalms and Proverbs, which there's a link there, that you'll read through Psalms, I think, two or three times in the year. And Proverbs, you'll read every 31 days throughout the year. Those are plans that you can pick up. And there's also another link on there that will take you to other... There's four-day plans, five-day plans... There's Bible reading plans. There's Bible reading plans that have commentary added to it. There's all kinds of plans. If you're going through something specific, you can search on there, and there is something for it. The, the Bible, which I, lifechurch.tv, all for free, gives the app away. Um, you can listen to the Bible. Like if you're driving, commuting, you can, you can put it on through your Bluetooth speaker in your car, and they will literally read the Bible to you. There is no excuse not to be in the Word. So my encouragement to you, once you decide what you're going to cut out for the next 21 days, is figure out what you're going to add. What is your plan? So here's what works best. 
So you, you, you decide what you're going to cut out on you. You don't have to cut out anything. No one's going to um, get mad at you if you don't. Deciding what you're going to add. Here's what works the best. Tell somebody else. Because I don't know about you, but there's been lots of times where I've been somewhere and I'm like, conscious, like in, in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to do this. But then a day later, you realize that you don't want to do that. And so you don't do it. And you know what's amazing? No one knows that you were going to do it the other way. So I implore you, if, if, if you hear nothing else, make a decision of what you want to do over the next 21 days and tell someone else. If you're married, tell your spouse. Uh, if you're not married, find someone else. And Because what I'm encouraging people to do is to get a prayer partner over the next 21 days, which is like an accountability person that's going to encourage you to do what you've committed. They're going to check in on you on how you're doing with, with not doing this or what how you're doing with, you know, what are you reading? And it's a great thing to have someone else that's like, hey, how is this going? Because the reality is, is we need other people. There is power of influence when we have other people that can speak encouragement in us when we need it. So find somebody that you can just say, hey, I want you for the next 21 days to be my prayer partner. I just, and that didn't, I mean, I know that sounds like maybe a little weird, but all that really means is saying, hey, here's some things over the next 21 days I'd like to see God do in my life. Would you pray for me? And then you ask on the other end, what can I be praying for you? And Because I think there's the possibility of us doing some things in 2020 that we aren't capable to do ourselves when we decide to allow God to have a bigger piece of our life, which, to be completely honest, his call to us is to give him all of our life. And so what we want to do over the next 21 days is is to cycle out some of these things that are distracting us, taking away from us, so that we can open our ears to hear what God is trying to say to us. And so if that's going to be... We need to move forward. Winston Churchill, this is my last little quote, said this. Success (laughs) consists of going from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. So let's believe together that we are capable to see God do some miraculous things. Because I believe in 2020, this city has the potential for a movement of God. A movement of God always happens in individuals first, deciding that we want more of God in our life. So I'm going to invite our worship team up. And what we're going to do is we're going to have um, prayer people up here. So if there's things going on in your life that you need prayer for, they're here to pray for you. One encouragement um, for our prayer night tomorrow night. We're actually doing that the next three Mondays, 7 to 8, here at the center. If you're like, hey, I don't want to pray out loud, but there's some things that I would love to get prayed for, um, we're actually going to take communion tomorrow night. Um, we are going to uh, have times where we li- literally are just going to be praying for people, and then there's things uh, that we're going to be praying for as a group, so we'd love to have you with us tomorrow. So today... Your goal is to figure out what you're going to do over the next 21 days to bring yourself back to a place 
where you feel connected. The, the word literally says, as we draw near to him, he draws near to us. What are you going to do over the next 21 days to intentionally draw near to him? Let's pray. Dearly Father, we are grateful that you are not done with us, that you have purpose and plan for your kingdom in this city that you want to do through us. And so, Lord, over the next 21 days, I pray that you would allow us to humble ourselves, to acknowledge how desperate we are for you. Lord, sin is overwhelming. The pressure of this world is overwhelming, and we need you. We are desperate for you. So, Lord, I pray that through the power of the Holy Spirit, that you would even begin to speak to us now, that you would, you would highlight things in our lives that we just need to turn off for this season. And Lord, I pray, Lord, as, as people make commitment to your word and to praying for your people, Lord, I pray that you would bring it to life. Lord, I pray that we would, over the next 21 days, see prayers answered. Lord, I pray that your, your words would have power as we read them. Lord, I pray that you would speak to our heart through your word. And Lord, I pray that you would use us to encourage others as we walk out this life that you've given us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.